You're listening to the Planet Debbie Podcast, a fantasy football astronauts production. Hey ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Planet Debbie. I'm your host, Debbie Dixon, and I'm here with my co-host, Bo. What's going on, buddy? How's it going, man? It's going good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So, you ready for our first podcast? This is the first one. This is the big one, right? Right. So, for everyone out there, we're just going to kind of lay lay it all out there. Um, we're part of the Fantasy Football Astronauts, and we wanted to kind of dip our toes into Debbie. So, you know, we got in contact with them. We, we've been writing articles about, you know, players coming on the rise, and we decided we're just going to do a podcast. So, this, if you want to hear two guys talk about football like they have since third grade, you're in the right place. What do you think, yeah. Logan? Yeah, I kind of, we've known each other since third grade, used to beat up on Christian and, uh, and sports back in the day. And then I guess we went to high school together and then college. And then now we're starting a Debbie uh, podcast. So that's uh pretty interesting, but, um, yeah, if y'all are interested in just listening to some guys talk about football, we're not going to get super in depth with all these guys, not big numbers guys. We just, just enjoy football. So we like talking about it. So might as well record it. Right. Right. So our main thing is we like to we like to watch film, analyze it. So it's going to be a lot of like traits, um, kind of what they do on the field, things like that. Um, we can bring in some guys that, that are more analytical for those of you that like numbers, uh, like stats, target share, receiving, share, whatever you like. Uh, we can bring people in. But for right now, it's just gonna be two guys talking football like they have been for the past however many years. Um, full disclosure, though, we are Texas Longhorn fans. Yes. And we are Dallas Cowboy fans, so it has not been a good week for us. It's been a very tough week to start this podcast. Very, very tough. And especially because I think we're going to get into that Texas-Arkansas game right off the bat. I think we we owe it to ourselves. We were going to have a fun little segment every week where we just talked about Texas football and we're joyful and happy until they lost. And we didn't even – we have to do it on our first podcast. We have to talk about that L they took. We really Welcome missed the ball. Team, right? <laughs> yeah, we really, really missed it last week when they uh, took down Louisiana. We could have talked about them, been all happy, but uh, as you probably could tell from the name of the podcast, uh, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty. Let's get into week two recap, Logan. Uh, starting with Texas and Arkansas, what do you, what do you think? What are your big takeaways from that? Big takeaways from that is um, Texas has a big quarterback problem. I think personally, watching the game and stuff like that, Hudson had some questionable uh, plays. He seems like he's panicking in the pocket with not very many guys rushing the ball. And um, personally, I think with um, uh, lost his name, Casey Thompson, Casey Thompson in the game. I think that they're more explosive. I don't know what it is. Just like the way the team, the team plays around him. I think that they're a better football team when he's at quarterback. So it'll be interesting to see what they end up doing. Because uh, when he came in the game, they were driving down the field. I think he had, you know, two touchdowns there at the end of the game, which you could say Arkansas was like already up by that much, and it was just kind of met some chump change. But I don't know. I think I think they're going to open the competition back up, and I think Casey Thompson's going to come out next week and be the starter. Yeah, um, kind of had the same takeaways as you. Um, I tortured myself and watched the entire game. It wasn't fun. Uh, at the beginning, you know, they got a three and out. Arkansas couldn't do anything. And then I was like, oh, you know what? Hell yeah, we got this. Hudson Card comes in. They give it to Bijan. And I don't know if you saw, but uh, Arkansas has a 325, six foot three nose guard just right there yeah. in the middle of the line. And Absolutely. that dude is, yeah, that dude's massive. So he's just plugging up the lanes. They couldn't get any Bijan going on the ground. Uh, but then Texas got a three and out, and it was just downhill from there. They couldn't stop uh, Arkansas's rushing attack, and it was it was pretty bad. Uh, my main thing, though, was it from watching it, like in the beginning, you could tell that uh, Hudson Card was struggling. It was a three man rush, and he was bailing out of. The, he wasn't trusting his line. I don't know if his line is even that good, but against a three man rush, when you've got five linemen, it shouldn't be that bad. And I, I, to me, it felt like he was bailing, and that they should have made the change at halftime when they and they still would have had a chance. But it also didn't help that they were playing in Arkansas, and Arkansas is they they think that this is their team this year. They think they've got the guys to um, 
you know, turn their season around because last year it was not pretty for them. And I think they showed everybody that they're a real threat this year. So it'll be interesting to see going forward to follow Arkansas. I know Traylon Burks is um, up there in our rankings, and uh, he's one of the best wide receivers in the college football. Actually, he's my number one wide receiver in football. So, um, yeah, that, that guy's going to be really good in the NFL. <clears throat> but, um, man, Arkansas has some speed back there at running backs. Seems like every guy they had. I think, what, did they have like three or four guys go over like 100 yards rushing? They had four guys go over uh, at least 50. I know that for sure. Um, I'm not, I don't think about 100. I don't think anyone touched 100 in that game. Oh, okay. Maybe that's what the set I saw. Um, I mean, that A.J. Green kid they had back there was just so fast, dude. Texas couldn't catch up to him. And then they brought in that backup quarterback at the end of the game who I guess ran like with one of the fastest high school like 400 re- re- relay teams and was just absolutely dominant. So – they're they're yeah. definitely a really fast, really physical team. So they're gonna be something. Yeah, man, it was it was crazy. They had Traylon Smith with seventy five yards. KJ Jefferson, their quarterback, had seventy three. AJ Green had sixty seven, and then Raheem Sanders had fifty. The Rocket. They even had Demi- Dominique Johnson had forty four yards. Like Texas was not stopping anything. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For those of you that go to the C two C, kind of do that call can to campus leagues. Um, Raheem Sanders, the Rocket. And that's the name to keep in your uh, in your deep uh, deep Debbie drafts or deep deep drafts that you got because um, that kid's a stud and he's going to be a stud. I think he's a true freshman this year too, so um, somebody to watch out for. Yeah, like um, Arkansas's run game was amazing. They were able to pound the ball, and that's one thing. Like I don't think their quarterback's very accurate, but no, because that really- was the big take. Like going into the game was like they didn't have a good quarterback, so. Um, you know, they were going to have to make some plays on the run, like running plays, and <laughs> they, they, they did. definitely did that. So, yeah, that was a that was a tough one. I didn't actually get to watch the game, and Christian, I had, didn't have service the whole time, and I get a text message from uh, Bo here, and it said it's over. So, uh, dude, it was yeah, yeah that was the, I, that was after the first touchdown too, the first like touchdown that drive. Was after the first touch, yeah, I didn't have service the entire time, and updated the score, and it was like thirty three to six, and I was like. Holy cow. You could just tell watching that it was over. Like Arkansas hit them in the mouth. The crowd was electric and yeah, could, that they, their body was, language was awful. Yeah, there's something different about those Arkansas fans, especially when they got a good football team. So And it's not even that. It's not even that if they have a good football team, they hate Texas more than they like Arkansas. That's what one of the announcers said. Yeah. Is yeah, they, that's everybody does. Everybody, everybody hates, hates Texas more than they like to win, dude. I'm telling you. But it's okay. It's okay. Well, eventually get a quarterback, hopefully, and a team. I don't know. Um, speaking of Texas, let's talk about their wide receivers. Um, what, what, what is your first – what do you think of Texas wide receivers right now in Debbie? What do you think? So one one big concern I had for Texas coming into the season was that they didn't have the wide receivers to get the job done. Um, it's kind of hard to tell. Xavier Worthy has been uh, better than advertised, I think. He's stepped up and – He's a little guy, but he's quick, true freshman. Um, so I think in Debbie, that's somebody to keep your eye on, um, especially in the campus to Canton leagues. I think that's somebody you need to be drafting because he's getting a really high percentage of the snaps right now. Um, Whittington, he's looked pretty decent. Yeah, um, He seems like to be the safe blanket to that uh, Hudson card and uh, Casey Thompson on some underneath routes and stuff like that. Great, great yak guy. So, uh I mean, I think those are the only two guys really worth mentioning. I think with Joshua Moore, he hasn't been doing too much, has he? I think he's still hurt. Him and Troy and Mary, still hurt. I think they're both still hurt. Um, yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. Xavier Worthy is definitely a guy, true freshman coming in, that's worth keeping your eye on. I expected a lot more from Whittington, especially after last week. He had uh, an insane yardage uh, total last week He uh, against Louisiana. And this week, he just – it felt like he kind of, like, disappeared, you know? Like, it it wasn't – I mean, to be honest, the whole the whole offense disappeared. But, you know, he's still – like, last week he totaled, um, let's see, 113 yards on seven receptions. And so I was like, you know what, this is this is the Whittington. He's a five-star recruit coming out of uh, – coming out of here in Texas. Like, this is what we expected when he's fully healthy. He hasn't been healthy at all his first two years. And then – 
last week he goes five for 40 or 30, five for 32. Yeah. It was more so like the the whole quarterback thing. Like I don't think any, either of the quarterbacks were that great. Um, But yeah, Hudson to me, Hudson card, just, he had a great game last week and then followed it up like his first road game against an SEC opponent. The crowd was electric and he just. Do you think, do you think Casey Thompson is going to be starter next week? I think if Sarkeesian doesn't take a good look at uh, Casey Thompson as a starter, then he's just being stubborn. Um, to me, to me, I think uh, Hudson Card has the more, most talent, arm talent, like just pure raw talent. But Casey Thompson is that guy that you like. I don't know, like that guy. You know, you have, you have, yeah, he's got swagger. He's he's that guy that you kind of that you have to. Uh, lift you up, you know, like you, you, you listen to him yeah. talk or something and he just feels like the team's like more inspired when he's there. I've never actually heard him talk, but like he led his first two drives ended in touchdowns. Like, you know, he was marching down the field with him. Um, I think after halftime, when your quarterback has 50 yards through the air and it's just bailing and you're Oh, for five and third down conversions that you just kind of, you had to make the switch and they waited till one minute left of the third quarter when it was too late, the game was already gone. And, I think if they'd have made the switch to Casey Thompson, then uh, Arkansas would have had to adjust, and it would have been a lot closer than it was. Right. They still got a lot of work to to you know compete this year. They're not out of it by any means. Um, I feel like there's going to be a lot of one loss teams that are going to be making some runs towards the playoffs. So um, actually, going to get into one of those one loss teams right here. Um, probably the biggest upset on the week that Oregon uh, upsetting Ohio State. Uh, What's still? What did you think of that game? I went into it not expecting much. Um, you know, I'm I'm very biased with the Pac-12 that they're like their teams are overrated that they're not going to do very well, and they struggled against. Uh, was it Fresno last week, or who'd they play last week that they? Mm, I don't have that. I don't know, but uh, they, they were missing Kayvon Thibodeau and their starting linebacker, and in my head, I was like, there's no way they're going to be able to keep up with Ohio State. Right. Um, but, you know, lo and behold, yeah, it was Fresno State. They won 31-24. to 24. But lo and behold, they held their own, and they, like, you know, they went – it went pretty well for them. Um, right. C.J. Verdell. Yeah, C.J. Verdell, 20 carries, 161 yards, two touchdowns. He also caught three passes for 34 yards in the touchdown. Is he, uh, is he the real deal to you? I don't know. Um, I wasn't big on C.J. Verdell. Um, but, like, you know, you, you really can't I, – I don't know. Like, you can't say anything bad about him. Like, he's produced. Um, no, he did everything that he was supposed to do that game. Right. I think the play calling for Oregon was, like, absolutely fantastic. Some of their play schemes that they had – uh, marked up just really opened the door for CJ Verdell and he took complete advantage of it and just ran all over Ohio State's defense. Um, which we saw they put up a really good defensive battle against Georgia of all teams and then they come out and absolutely drop the ball against um, Oregon there. So yeah man, I thought CJ Verdell did a really good job. I don't I don't know how good he is going to be for Debbie purposes. Um, he did. He did the same stuff two years ago. He didn't. He didn't play last year, right? Like because of COVID and stuff like that. I think he was also injured. Maybe he played in one game. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not I'm sure, sure, but he does have the skill set. He can catch the ball. Um, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see what his next few games are like. Yeah. Um... For me, Verdell, like he's five foot eight, so he's not really my kind of back. You know, my backs are kind of like you know bigger and want to have that have Jonathan that. Jonathan Taylor for, type backs. <laughs> yeah, Jonathan Taylor, Bijan Robinson. Um, so it's it's hard for me to trust you know smaller backs just because like I don't know. I don't think the NFL views them like they can handle workload. But I think mm-hmm. like now nowadays the the NFL is changing their stance on that, so he might be. A, very, very valuable prospect here in Debbie. Him and Kyron Williams is the same way. You know, he's five foot eight too. I'm interested to see what they do with Deuce Vaughn, who has he's five foot six, but he keeps 
you know, putting up numbers and keeps just absolutely like, dominating. Right. Yeah. Like he's doing what you ask of a running back to do. And I don't know how the NFL will view him. Like he might just be a gadget player, but he'll have a role. I think it just won't. Oh, be I play. think there's no, like he'll be, cause you know, today, if you didn't watch the Eagles play Kenneth Gainwell's top, he's, he's not as small, but he kind of, I think he's like probably like a five ten, 190 pound running back, I think is what his, his uh, metrics are. And he is absolutely getting utilized as a gadget back um, out of the backfield. And I think that's kind of what Deuce Vaughn, I don't know. He might, Deuce Vaughn might be that outlier, honestly, that just comes out of nowhere and is just a 5'5 five, five dominant or 5'6 dominant dude that people can't see behind those big 300-pound linemen and just gashes them. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, man. I think the NFL is moving more towards like, you know, you can be shorter, you can be smaller. Like we're going to have a role for you and we're going to do whatever we can. Right. If you can play, we're going to, we're going to put you on the field and win some games. seems like there's a big shift going in like, especially in like the wide receivers, you see a bunch of kind of Devonte Smith, skinnier frame, really quick. Jalen Waddle, another super small guy that's very shifty and quick. Um, yeah. It's probably because it, of Tyree kill. He was probably like the, the guy that kind of turned the tides on the on the wide receivers in the NFL. So it's a different it's a different game than it was, and I think it's uh I think it's for the better. Um, what do on, you um, what do you think about? Uh, I was just gonna say, like Oregon. Do you think they're for real? Like, do you think they're gonna be a football playoff or playoff contender? It's kind of hard to tell, um, especially being the second game of the season because Ohio State didn't show a lot against Georgia and. They also just didn't look very good against Oregon either. I think they are in need, which we're probably about to get into. I think they're in need of a QB change there at Ohio State. Um, I hate to say that because C.J. Stroud is such a – just a QB if there was one. But I feel like with Ohio State's defense the way it is, you need a, a kid that's going to be throwing the ball deep, accurately – They've got three future first, second round wide receivers there. And I mean, they had some stat lines this this game against Oregon, but um, they shouldn't be catching five yard out routes. They should be catching some some fades down the seam, some touchdowns. They should be scoring 40, 50 points a game with uh, the wide receivers that they have. Um, just to touch on that, like um, Jackson Smith, he had seven for 145 and two touchdowns. Chris Olavier, who probably shouldn't even came back his senior year, but came back anyways, went 12 for 126. And then Garrett Wilson went eight for 117 with a touchdown. So they had some just immaculate, you know, stat lines. And C.J. Stroud had a, a decent stat line. When you look at the just the box score, 35 for 54 with 484 yards and three touchdowns with one pick. But if you're watching the game, it's like just chipping, 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 chipping downfield. And that's the quarterback you need when you have a good defense. And obviously Ohio State's kind of lacking of that this year. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on it? Um, I agree. I think um, watching watching the game is a lot different than looking at the box score. If you look at the box score, you'll see that C.J. Stroud played really, really well. You know, like he had the numbers. Um, he did like – you know, everything that they wanted him to. But when you watch the game, you could tell like, he was missing open receivers down down deep. His deep ball, I think, is what's really lacking right now. And I don't know, like, if they're going to give um, give anyone else a shot. You know, like, they've got um, – Kyle McCord. Quinn, Kyle McCord, Quinn Ewers, like, on, on the bench. Like, I don't – I don't know what they do because, like, honestly, he hasn't done bad – their defense is just awful. Like they were letting everyone run oh, wild on them, and like you said, um, he'd be a good quarterback, a great like you know manager of the game. He manages trying to like just marches them down the field, scores, doesn't really turn the ball over much. But um, but the reason Justin Fields was so good is he was a big play threat. He was super accurate with his deep balls. Um, Chris Olavia had a really great year last year, and I don't know all of his deep balls that Stroud threw up in the air just. They just weren't there, man. They weren't accurate. And, and we've talked it's, about it. It's, it's tough. Yeah, we've talked about it, like, personally. You know, like, there, there's quarterbacks that are elevators that whenever you play with them, that they just elevate everybody. They make everybody else look better. 
And then there's quarterbacks that are just, you know, managers that kind of play with the talent. Like if you have a good team, they're going to be good. If you have a bad team, they're not, they're, they're going to be bad. Um, and I don't, I, I, I know it's early. I don't know if you can really make a judgment on that right now, but I don't think CJ Stroud is that elevator where he's going to get the most out of his, you know, receivers or whatever, but it'll be interesting to see what they do. You know, they got to bounce back. Um, they were at home, lost to Oregon and, you know, Oregon's a good yeah, team. I they're going to have to, I think they have got a pretty easy schedule coming up though for Ohio state. Right. So I think they're going to be able to kind of figure some stuff out. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what they do. If they turn yeah. to McCord or Ewers or what happens, but just um, quickly touching on kind of Ohio State's running backs, what do you think of that that group they got back there with me and Williams and Mayan Williams and uh, Travion Henderson? I thought Henderson was gonna t- run away with the starting job. You know, like he comes in the number one running back, five star. Like I thought they were gonna be like, hey, you know, Williams, you're good. You're just gonna spell him every once in a while. But you know, Mayan Williams looks like he's cut some weight he looks quicker than he did last year like quicker. he looks he's good catching the ball he had he had three catches for 38 yards um dude is still a cannonball when he's got that ball in his hands like just an absolute menace to those quarterbacks if he gets out of the out of the you know inside but um Travion Henderson being a true freshman doing what he's doing that is going to be somebody you want to target in your Debbie drafts he's, he's probably yeah. going to be a first round Debbie draft guy for the next, you know, near future. Just, um, yeah, he's great. Their wide receivers are great. I think Olavia got hurt for a minute, and then Julian Fleming, like the number one wide receiver recruit from the 2019 class or whatever, came in, and he looked like a stud. He's probably one to keep your radar on, too. Um, Dude, I think he was returning punts and stuff and just running over people. So They're a yeah. team that should not lose. Like, they're no. – and they have that's the best wide receiver room in the country. Like they, they have the, they have a great running back room. Like they just, and that's why there's just big question marks for me with uh, CJ Stroud. And I, um, I get it, I get it, but you know, like he's still he held his own. Honestly, I think it's a defensive problem. Um, if your defense can't stop the run game or anything, like look at Texas, then you're not. The teams are just going to exploit that. Also, um, how but, rough is it coming into the season having to play Georgia? And then an Oregon team who's having a great season. Like, you can't – like, this is his first year starting, and that's just – that's an absolute gauntlet to go through. So, Did, did Ohio State – who did they play the first week? They didn't play Georgia. Who they played they Minnesota. Play? They played Minnesota at Minnesota. Oh. Still, who did Georgia play last week? Georgia played Clemson. Oh, I've been, like, saying Ohio State instead of Clemson this whole time. That's embarrassing. Sorry. Sorry, guys, if you're no, listening. Dude. Um, this is the moment that I realized that I'm an idiot and uh, <laughs> need to pay more attention. So no, dude, you're yeah. good. You're good. Well, they I have still to, like bleep out when I say Ohio State and just I'll, I'll, just I'll, like do a voiceover of Clemson, like because that's about <laughs> that's about what happened. I'll, uh, I'll sorry about that. Um, no, dude. Uh, but still playing at Minnesota the first week, like that that crowd was nuts too, and it was it was a tough week for him. He started off slow, but he got it going like in the second half, and I thought that's what was going to happen with. Uh, Oregon, but Oregon didn't slow down. They there was there was a little bit whenever they kind of like stopped playing to like they they just played to keep the lead. And I hate when yeah. teams do that. We were texting each other when that was happening. And I was like, they're making a mistake. Like yeah, they need to, to keep Tom Herman keep it on their throat. Yeah, with Tom Herman at Texas, whenever they'd get like That's a two touchdown exactly lead, they would just try and run the clock out, try and get away with that. And like, no, you have to keep going. Like you have to keep. I don't know. Which I Keep thought that's what Texas did good last week against Louisiana, the raging Cajuns, but the play calling was definitely different. Um they got Bijan the ball one time through the air. So I don't know what happened with Texas. Well let's stop talking about Texas. Yeah, it's just like I'm red in the face thinking about it. It's also hot in this room I'm in, so um, All right, let's move on to Florida. Florida. That's a big um there's a big QB battle going on there in Florida, and I feel like there's a lot of people that are um, kind of want it one way and some people that want it the other. I don't know. I feel like everybody wants it one way, but they've uh, kind of been riding out uh, Emory Jones here. Yeah. Uh, that, I mean, that freshman, uh, Anthony Richardson, dude, looks, looks like a problem. Did you see his uh, hurdle the other day? Yeah. Like if, if as soon as I saw that, if I'm the coach, he's going in and starting. Like I don't care what the other guy does. Like I'll, I, if he get complaints, I'd look at him and be like, "Hey man, can you jump over a grown human being like that?" No, sit down. 
Yeah, he like came in and did that, and then against <clears throat> the game this week, South Florida, he comes in the first play and throws a, a, just a bomb, a touchdown, and then they take him out, and then he comes in the next play and throws another touchdown. It's like, what do you do with this man? Like, that's got to <laughs> be a tough situation to be a quarterback or like be a coach in because you've got this guy that just keeps turning in and like just looks explosive. So, what they do you play, think? They play Florida next week. Do you think Anthony Richards starts? Richardson starts. Wait, who, you said Florida plays Florida. Who, who does? Florida I mean, Florida play? plays Bama next week. Yeah, so that's the big that's the big thing. I think all the fans are thinking that Anthony Richardson gives them the the chance to actually compete against Florida, and I'm with that group because that kid is good. Um, uh, Do you want to hear his stat line for last week? Yeah, let's hear the stat line. So he went three for three through the air for 152 yards and two touchdowns. That means two thirds of his passes were touchdowns. Like that's that's insane. He's like averaging what a hundred like fifty yards through the air. He yeah. also carried the ball four times for one hundred and fifteen yards and another Those touchdown. Are like creative player numbers, man. Dude, that's what you get on NCAA. Like like when you're playing on the, uh, the PlayStation, like it's it's nuts. I don't They're know if you do that through the whole game, receiver. but yeah, the number one wide receiver. I think it's uh, Joe Copeland. Jacob when, Copeland. Is it Jacob Copeland? Yeah, and I got his names down. I just took screenshots of the box scores and it just says Jay, and I, I went confidently <laughs> with that. But uh, yeah, I went five for one seventy five with two touchdowns. Um, that dude's quick, great getting open down the field. Just absolutely whoops safeties and cornerbacks. So I think you've got to come out there with Anthony Richardson to just give him a shot. Um, Henry Jones had two interceptions that just weren't even like really good intercept or the one that I saw wasn't even a good interception. It was just an absolute duck to a right at a double coverage, I think. And I don't know. I think you take a shot with the, with the kid that's got the hot hand. I think Anthony Richardson gives you the best chance to beat Bama. Like it's a small chance, but it's there. Are you, are you sending out some, um, some waivers for Anthony Richardson in oh, your duh. In CTC? Oh yeah. yeah. Anywhere I can get them, I'm gonna try and get them. Like, cause why don't you why don't you talk real quick since we just got on waivers about your boy, uh, Marks over there for South Carolina? You spent all your all your fab we spent on all my week. fab. So you spent 155 out of 200 fab. No, it was 125. 125. Okay. 125. Yeah. So we're in a short bench, campus to Canton league, and we have 15 players, and we play like I think we only have like five or something on the bench. It's right. It's something like, you know, it's really shallow and I'm looking at my team and I'm thinking, you know what? Joquavius marks, like he, he did pretty well. Like last week, like my thing was he caught the ball a lot. And I mean, he caught the ball plenty this week too. He's, he had seven receptions. Um, so in my head, I'm like, I'm going to spend quite a bit. Cause you know, I'm not going to drop any of the other guys I have. Cause they're going to be NFL starters. Like, why would I drop them now? Let's right. do so I, d- I don't think I'm going to be sending out a lot of waivers throughout the year. So I'm, in my head, I was like, you know what? I'm going to spend a lot of money on him. So then Logan texts me. He's like, hey, dude, like, what are you doing? Like, are you doing waivers? Like, yeah, I've got my I've got a waiver out for Marks. And um, he texts me. He's like, oh, well, you better have you better spend all your fab because I'm putting 199. And I'm like, damn, dude, like I already put 125 on there. But like he did look really good that first week, though. So and I knew I mean, you were about this bad. He looked good. He looked pretty explosive. He didn't look bad the second week. I mean, uh, he did have only 11 rushing yards, but, like, whatever. Yeah, but he didn't look bad in those 11 rushing yards, right? Who who cares about rushing when you're a quarterback, right? Or running back, right? Right, yeah, no. There's other things. Only job. Catching the ball, which I don't think he did much of that either. He had seven Um, receptions. Did he have seven receptions? Yeah. Okay. He's he's still catching. I'll my words on that one, sorry. So, like, I mean, it's it's not a bad investment. Um, I just, they were, they were ahead most of the game and it wasn't even close. So I don't think they really did much. I mean, right. he had six, six carries for 11 yards, but Dylan Johnson, their other running back had six carries for 18. So none of what them. What are you going to do? None, none of them. Time really will really tell, I guess. Right. I'm going to keep see him. If that, see if that 125 is worth it. You kind of have to keep him at this point. Well, no, I'm going to keep him. He had seven receptions. He led the team in receptions. Nah. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see, but you're gonna be eating your words, dude. Whenever they're dumping to him and he's breaking off, I'm just mad that my 36 Fab didn't buy him. All right, because that's you what should I have spent on. 199, like you said. 
No. I'm then not you would have had them. All right. I think next we're going to get into uh, the Texas Christian University over there. They've got some um, two ballers, in, in, uh, to be specific, and Quentin Johnson. And um, you've got a really big crush on Zach Evans, a running back. Why don't you go into, go into him a little bit? Yeah, so um, in case it hasn't been obvious, we live in Texas. We're deep in Big 12 country. Um, we've kind of grown up around like all these schools around TCU, Baylor, Texas Tech. Um, so like we've we've had all these th- these things. And if there's one thing about Texas that you need to know, it's that high school football is a religion down here. So. Mm-hmm. One of the things that, like, Zach Evans went to North Shore, which is one of the big high schools here. They always go to state. They always do everything. And one of the – he was committed to Georgia, I think. He was committed to Georgia, and then the state game comes around, and his coach in- implements a no-phone policy where they have to give their phone to the coach before – like, the night before the game. Right. And he refused to do that, got kicked off the team, didn't play in that state game. And then Georgia uh, – he requested um, – he requested out of his commitment to Georgia and they granted it. I, I think it was more of like, Hey, like, you know, you know, after that disciplinary issue, like we don't want you anymore, but I don't know. I'm not really not a good source. Right. And then he ended up at Texas at TCU, Texas Christian university, which was really cool, you know, cause Texas, that was the same year that Texas recruited uh Bijan. So the big 12 was going to have the number one and the number two recruited uh, running backs out of that, you know, and Zach Evans was number one in for some of the, uh, recruiting websites mm-hmm. um last year did he you know it was a little bit of a committee but he kind of broke out and then i was super excited week one to see him um but then news came out that he broke a team rule and uh was suspended for the first half didn't really play much like whatever if you're gonna if you're gonna have zach evans on there just be aware that there might be some some suspensions here and there but uh I yeah, think he's it's got a, a little, little bit of issues who doesn't yeah, right. Like, if you think about it, when we were 19, like, what were we doing? You know, if, if we got caught that we, we can't, we can't talk about that on the podcast, right? Yeah, like, we went that to was, college. I think that was what, sophomore year of college when we were kind of, yeah. Anyways, let's, uh, let's keep going. <laughs> Dude, that was, that was the year we lived with, uh, old boy, Andy. No, you didn't live there. I lived there. I didn't. Yeah, you came over. But y'all invited me over a lot. So, yeah. Anyway, um, I understand. I understand. He's a kid. And but, they're, you know, College football play, dude. I can only imagine. I was just some kid that played like some intramural flag football and softball, and I still had a blast. So I can just imagine how it is playing. We the, the football, football, some of the football players lived down the road from us uh, on Harbin Street. Yeah, did they party? Do you not remember going? They lived in that uh, like that's that five bedroom house on the corner. Oh yeah, I do remember those guys. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. anyway, yeah. yeah, details, details. So, yeah, no, Zach Evans is someone that I was really excited about. He was in my top five. Um, I moved him up this week, after this week. Um, so if you're interested in that, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But he kind of started off slow. I didn't really – he didn't really, like, do anything, and then he busted off a 50-yard run, and I texted right Logan. Before half, right before uh, half, It was kind of like the second quarter. I think it was, like, right before half, yeah. Yeah, because I think they were, like, rushing the ball. It was, like, a a third down maybe, and there was, like, 30 seconds before halftime, and that, like, completely turned the game around because he busted it off for, like, 50 yards. Yeah, because they were trying to run the clock out because I remember the announcers were saying, like, oh, you wouldn't expect them to run the ball here, and then he breaks off a 50-yard run to give them on the three-yard line. And I texted Logan as soon as it happens. I'm like, dude, hey, Zach Evans just broke a big run. And they were – they were kind of having like a running back by committee until then. And then like they came back in the second half and he finished with 22 carries for 190 yards and a touchdown. And then through the air, he had one cat, one reception for 14 yards. So they're not really throwing him the ball, but I think that's more like Max Duggan, uh, their QB. Whenever he gets, whenever he feels like he's in trouble, he runs, he's not going to dump it off to the court, to the running back. Uh, kind of like a right. Lamar Jackson kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he so, looked, yeah. um, he looked really explosive in the, I didn't actually get to watch this game, and it's really hard to find tape on these college guys if you didn't actually get to watch the game. Um, found that out today, actually trying to study for this uh, podcast we got going on. It's really hard to find film on them, but from the few plays I saw from Zach Evans, that dude can run the ball, um, super shifty, very good balance, like contact balance, run through 
some uh, arm tackles and stuff like that. So, uh, Debbie, guys, I think that's somebody y'all need to keep your eye on. Um, yeah, that 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 2023 running back class is just full of some animals that are going to be some future studs, in my opinion. Oh yeah, oh yeah, there that, that 2023 class is going to be loaded. Um, and then, but, uh, yeah, like you said, he was explosive. He he's physical too, man. Like he right. he wants to lower his shoulder and he wants to run people over. And he's got the size. He's the kind of running back that I like in my league. So I'm um, going to try and get him in every league I can. And if you haven't already, then his price just went way up. Yeah, it did. lean on him. And they're also going to lean on this wide receiver. When we talk about that wide receiver, Logan, what do you think about Quentin Johnson? Yeah, Quentin Johnson went five for 95 with two touchdowns. He's got that that frame, that um, kind of Devontae Smith-ish type of guy. He's tall and lanky. Super, super good after the catch. Just catches the ball and slippery, slipping through arm tackles and stuff like that. Um, he's been on the radar. I mean, he was on the radar before the season even started. I think uh, the guy, big wide receiver, uh, part of the FF Astronauts, has him as his like uh, number one wide receiver, actually, I think is one, one of the analytical things I saw from him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think he's – performing with some sub subpar QB play with, you know, what they got back there. So um, I hope it's not another kind of Rager situation because Rager was an absolute dominant force in college and then uh, got drafted and was he drafted in the first round, right? Like he was. 15 or 16 pick yeah, and kind of didn't come up to what he was drafted as. He's actually, he had a very good stat line today. So, you know, maybe it was the QB play over there in Philadelphia, but, uh, I think Quentin Johnson is going to be somebody to keep your eye on in the uh, debut leagues. I like Quentin Johnson. He's the kind of wide receiver that I like, and um, I don't. I don't think he'll be like Jalen Rager. I think he can win in more ways than one. So, right, there, he's a little bit. He's said, taller, bigger frame. Kind of opens up the field a little bit more for the quarterbacks. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and like you said, they're they're playing with a little, uh, not a problem at QB. I think Duggan can get the job done, um, but I think he would just rather run the ball you know he's he's more mobile than other right. QBs. so but yeah no yeah. texas texas christian they have uh, a couple of guys that you want to keep your eye on because they're they're looking very very interesting yeah for sure and uh i think next we're going to touch on some of um when we get into some of your risers on the week yeah man so my risers this week um I think I think for one it's going to be Zach Evans. I think Zach Evans is going to rise. Uh, he's already gone up in my rankings, so um, that was pretty cool. Uh, two of my fallers were going to be I'm going to say Tyler Goodson. He did not look that great this week. Um, you know they kept feeding him the ball, and he just wasn't. I don't know if Iowa State's defense is that great or that good, but he just wasn't breaking anything open. Like right. it just. Last week he he had that big run he was explosive and then I don't know what happened this week uh, I'm trying to find his stat line for it I don't know if you have it yeah I don't think it was anything too impressive um, no he he ran 21 he had 21 carries for 55 yards and a touchdown like it's it's respectable but you know you're when you're averaging like three yards a carry that's not what you want to see right um, it's just you you'd expect more from him from his play from last year and it doesn't seem like he's kind of elevated any to me. I, and I'm, I was really high on him. Uh, I had him, I think, top seven, but I think he's going to fall a little bit. He's going to slip a little bit behind, like, you know, Kyron Williams, uh, maybe even C.J. Verdell. So he's one of my followers. Another follower for me is Marshawn Lloyd um, from South Carolina. Yeah. Um, he they, The whole South Carolina rushing attack was going to be a huge thing, you know, with Kevin Harris last, uh, last year winning SEC, mm-hmm. uh, I think the running back of the year in the SEC. And he just – they both ran the ball seven times. They just weren't effective, man. Which and, Marshawn Lloyd, the only hype from him is coming out of actually coming out of high school, right? Because he tore his ACL last year, correct? Yeah. So uh, I'm pretty sure he was a five star uh, recruit, and then came yes. in and was dominating in spring and summer. He was he was going to be the starting running back. Tore his ACL before the season. Kevin Harris took over and you know ran with the job. So, you know, people were picking Kevin Harris pretty high in, you know, these Debbie leagues. And I was like, hey, like, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Marshawn Lloyd's coming in. And I was super high on Marshawn Lloyd, um, you know, just because, like, he had that pedigree. 
And right. usually and in Debbie, that's the what, size. Yeah, that's what you chase. You chase that pedigree. He was a five-star. Uh, I believe he was a five-star recruit. And yeah, yeah, I think he was. And the coaches were raving about him, man. Like they were, they were excited to have him. And then he tore his ACL. So it might be a mental thing of him trying to like come back and. Well, then you know, also trust you got to come back after your backup absolutely dominated, you know, in the spot that you should have been in. So that's got to be a big mental. Uh, yeah, it's block something. Something's there, and I don't know if it's like the offense because Marshawn. I mean, Kevin Harris didn't really do well either, but they no, did it have. Seems like uh, their offense is struggling for sure. Yeah, no, I I agree, but they did have Juju McDowell, who went eleven. He had eleven carries for seventy-one yards, so he kind of took over the backfield. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I was excited about Marshawn Lloyd, but to me, he's a he's a he's definitely a faller. I think Got he's right. going to kind of go down my rankings a little bit. Temper expectations. Until he gets out of it, like maybe maybe it is a mental thing, and his ACL just isn't. It just isn't, takes one game to kind of turn some things around, you know. Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting. Is that is that all you had for your risers and fallers for this week? Yeah, I mean, I have another faller, uh, all of Texas's offense, but we, yeah, let's. Hey, why did you even bring that up again, man? I thought we were over that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're we're at this point we're beating a dead horse, um, just like their offense was dead this week. So, <laughs> all right, let's let's flip that around, okay. Uh, let me talk about my my riser. One guy I really like this week, um, actually the past two weeks, is the Dontario Dramond from Ole Miss. You got um, him for like pretty cheap in our in our debt. I got him for eleven fab in this in this seat uh, in this. Uh, the, we're actually in it with the astronauts, and uh, that we just started this year, and I got him for eleven fab. So, um, well, the kid he's a senior this year, so this is very important for Debbie. Um, for him, he's 6'1", 220, so he's a big, big physical kid. Um, the stat line for his past two games, he has 15 receptions, 284 yards and three touchdowns. He's averaging 18.9 yards a catch. Just an absolute monster after the catch. Big guy, just bullies, bullies corners, catches, has very good, like, um, out of bounds, very good, like, you know, feel for the field. Body control, yeah, just knows where he's at on the field, um, and you know somebody something that a good wide receiver needs is a good quarterback, which is exactly what Matt Corral is. He's probably one of my risers too this week. Um, has been very dynamic with the football, and Dramond has helped him a ton. He had some big shoes to fill uh, with Elijah Moore leaving, and that that school just breeds wide receivers with AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, Elijah Moore. And I think Jermond is the real deal. And I think that's somebody that people need to keep their eye on. Um, I don't know. It's kind of hard to tell because he just kind of busted on the scene this year. He should he showed flashes last year. Um, so I think, and I don't know. It's kind of hard to tell because they haven't played anybody kind of worth um, like notable opponents. But I think he is somebody to keep your eye on for sure with those stat lines he's been putting up. It's going to be interesting whenever they get to the full like SEC schedule to see what he does. But yeah, because they have to go through those defenses, Bama and all those guys. But that and that's then, um, nuts. Something, somebody I want to touch on real quick. Another wide receiver who I liked last year actually, and he had a, a really big game for Boise State is Khalil Shakir. He he went seven receptions for 166 yards. Um, Did he really? Yeah, he's. I think he's like six foot, 190 pounds, but. He had like some two one-handed catches that were just like, you know, one once a lifetime catches in the same game, and dude is dynamic, great yak guy, just catches the ball, contortionist with his body, just can like catch the ball, and I think he's somebody that I accidentally drafted in one of our deep C two C leagues. You you get in these deep C two C leagues, and you find like backups of backups and you know, coaches are talking good about him, like in your like deep dives, like searching 20 minutes to try to find somebody to draft in the 30th round. And uh, <clears throat> Khalil Shakir was one of those guys that kind of fell into my lap. And I don't know, I guess I got pretty lucky because I've been kind of watching him these past, past year or two. And he had a breakout game against um, UTEP. So, yeah. Dude, it's, it's so funny. Like whenever you're in those deep leagues and you're like searching people on YouTube, trying to find like their, their high school tape or whatever. And then, yeah. uh, you know, like a couple weeks after, you start getting like, like recommended, like huddle, uh, huddle <laughs> like film. And I'm like, hey, man, yeah, like, look at my, look at my huddle film. I'm a yeah, you're getting, like, YouTube recommendations, and they're like, hey, look at this three star. I'm like, well, 
maybe like you know like i'm, I'm this far in like might as well um another riser Mon, uh, a running back actually from the running back school of memphis actually <laughs> kind of caught my eyes brandon thomas he's a 5'11 200 pound red shirt freshman this is a three-star recruit um, first week he went 16 for 147 in the touchdown. And then week number two went 18 for 191 and two touchdowns. And what really caught my eye with this guy is he is the number one running back on yards after contact, which like kind of maybe Ooh. another Javante Williams type situation. He has 297 yards after contact. And just to put that in perspective, I think number two is Kenneth Walker for Michigan state's got 258. So He's another guy. The that kid you is on. running through some people. I haven't got to watch too much film on him. Uh, from what from what I've seen, man, he is kind of one of those guys that might just come out of nowhere. And you know, Memphis has I don't know what they give those running backs over in Memphis, but you know, you got like Tony Pollard and uh, Kenneth Gainwell coming out of Memphis, and uh, Antonio Gibson. Maybe he's the next guy. What's that? Antonio Gibson. He was and, a wide receiver. And Antonio, I've completely forgot about Antonio Gibson, yeah. too. Well, because um, he was a wide receiver, then they changed him to a running back. Like, I think his Yeah, so that's year. what also gets me excited is, like, it seems like Memphis kind of – their coach or whatever just has an eye for talent. And this being a redshirt freshman, I think that maybe they found their next guy. Is it is it a scheme thing? Like, scheme competition? It's kind of hard to tell, but Kenneth Gainwell and Antonio Gibson both had some really good games this week. Tony Pollard's um, been, you know, a service. Tony Pollard's been a reliable backup. I don't know. I think it might be scheme, but it also might be talent. Like it gets those eyes on them. So I don't know. Those are my uh, risers on the week. What about your followers? Um, followers, I think one of my followers is probably going to be. It's really hard to make him fall because I know he's got a lot of talent. He's got the size and. Uh, just great athlete, but it's DJ um, Longale. I, I don't Longale. even. Know. Yeah, he hasn't looked very good. I don't know if it's the line that's been giving him problems, but even this week against a not so worthy opponent, still was throwing some very questionable balls through an interception. Um, I had his stat line, but I completely lost it. But. He just hasn't looked like what Clemson needs back there at quarterback. Trevor Lawrence was one of those guys that, like you talked about earlier, he elevated people around him. And DJ hasn't been doing that. Justin Ross seems to be getting a little frustrated with uh, some of the quarterback play from their their week one against Georgia. He was kind of getting – you could see he was physically frustrated with some of the quarterback plays. And, yeah, I don't know. I'm a little worried about um, DJ – and then um, also one of my – I hate to make this guy fall too because he's such a great talent, but Brees Hall, every time – Dude. There's something um, about Brees Hall gives me like Le'Veon Bell vibes who I never liked in the NFL. He just seems to be like almost too patient back there with the ball, and then when the hole opens up, kind of hits a little slow. He's a big guy, big physical, ran for I don't know how many yards last year, and then – I don't. There's just, it's just one of those guys that I watch on film and I just cannot get behind. He's still up there in my my probably. I think he was like borderline top five in my Debbie rankings, but he just keeps falling at these weeks that he should be like being an absolute dominant force. But he just he just isn't putting up the numbers. I'm gonna disagree with you there, just because he's my number are. three. He's my number yeah. three running back. But man, he Iowa's a good team. Like, they are a great team. They were able to stop Brock Purdy. And if you don't have a if you don't have a passing game, like, what are they going to do? Like, they got to stop the next the next weapon, and that's Brees Hall. Like, when he's the best player on the team, he still went 16 carries for 69 yards. He averaged 4.3 a carry. He scored a touchdown. And then through the air, they he caught four passes. Like, you know, they're, they're know. trying to use them. Um, I think it was more of a product of their quarterbacks. Um, Brock Purdy threw three interceptions against the against the Hawkeyes, and I don't know, man. I I agree. Like like he could he he's kind of been a disappointment of what he was last year. But I don't you dropping him I, and there's like just something borderline top five like it just makes me angry. Let, yeah. Speaking of top five, like, like what are what are your top fives then at running back? So running back, I have Bijan, of course. 
He's going to be my number one. Even if he gets hurt, I'm still going to have him at number one. Um, I have Jameer Gibbs as my number two. I think he's an Alvin Kamara type of guy who's going to be a – I mean, he hasn't been putting up too good of numbers this year. They haven't been playing anybody uh, for him to be staying in the games for too long. I haven't been watching any uh, games on him, but I'm just kind of assuming that's what's happening. Um, I have Tank Bigsby, number three. He is looking like he's improved a lot this year. Um, Isaiah Spiller is looking very explosive this year as well. And then for Debbie purposes, it gets murky at some point because then you have to kind of, for Debbie, you're looking for NFL talent and people that you think are going to be future first-round running backs. You don't want to put somebody there that's going to be a round two, round three guy because not a good reputation with those people. So I have just moved Travion Henderson up to my number five spot. Um, true freshman, I think. He is going to be one of those guys that improves over the next two years and is going to be probably a round two, round or round one, round two guy in uh, 2024. So I have him as my number five. Okay. Okay. So we're pretty, I wouldn't, not similar at running backs. So like, I like watching running backs. I like, uh, you know, gauging out. So um, a lot of my guys were kind of like, you know, guys like early on in the season, early on last year, like the first game, I think I texted you about Javante Williams. Like, hey, this is going to be a guy that's going to be – You were early on Javante. Like productive in the NFL. So I like watching running backs. Uh, my number one is Bijan, of course. Like if he keeps getting like the the groundwork, the receiving work, like he's, he's going to be a first-round uh, running back. Uh, my number two is – I think I, I just moved Isaiah Spiller up. So B- Brees was my number two, but Isaiah Spiller, the way they use him in the in the receiving game, like – they line him up in the slot. They line him up outside. They line him up in the, mm-hmm. in the backfield. Like, he's everywhere. Uh, at three, I've got Brees Hall. Just because I love the way he runs the ball. Um, you think he's way too patient. Like, I, do, I don't think that line is any good. Like, the defensive line was getting penetration. Like, he was just doing what he can. And, you know, he still, like, had 4.6 yards of carry. I, I like Brees Hall just the way they use him. Number four, I've got Zach Evans. So, um I don't. I everyone's gonna hate me because I don't have Tank at, on my top five. But uh, Zach Evans, I've been on him since like since he was in high school. I think he's a great talent. Um, so he's he's my number four. And then at number five, I've got Jameer Gibbs. I don't really um, like comparing people to Alvin Kamara just because I think Alvin Kamara is a great talent. But I think Jameer Gibbs is as close as you can get to him. He's right. um, runs the same way. He catches the ball. Like, you know, they use him a lot, but you know, like I just, I don't know. I, I like the other four above him. See, I'm tank. really surprised that you actually don't like uh tank. Cause he's kind of built like those guys that you, you end up liking um, for NFL productivity. Um, yeah. So that, and that definitely, especially cause you got him and uh, behind Gibbs. That kind of surprises me. So for me, uh, the thing that these five guys that I've named kind of do better than uh, Tank, they they create for themselves. So a lot of times with Tank, it's more like his line opens up a hole, he hits it. But if he meets someone one-on-one in the open field, it's going to be a, either I'm going to try and run him over or he's going to go down. Like there's not enough like elusiveness for me to move him up. Uh, with these five guys, if they meet someone in the open field, they've got more than just like lowering a shoulder to break a tackle or make somebody somebody miss. Like they can create for themselves. And um, yeah, I know Gibbs has got like that size that I like in running backs, but if you can't like open up or shake a guy like yourself, like you, you're like I don't know. You, He's you close. Tank. You said Gibbs, but you meant Tank on that. Last yeah, one t- thing. Tank, yeah, Tank. He's close. Um, I think he's number six. In me or for me now, like uh, I've moved Goodson down, so I think he's six. Yeah, I still think that 2023 class is just it's especially if some of these other guys that have been producing just at, keep keep doing what they're doing. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. So stock up on your 2023 draft picks. Uh, do yourself a favor. <laughs> um, I guess we can touch on our top five wide receivers real quick. I'll go first this time. Okay. Um, did you already, you talked about your top five running back just now, right? Okay, yeah. I'll just make sure I didn't cut you off or anything. But uh, number one, Traylon Burks, um, just a unit, um, big guy, big yak guy, catches anything that's thrown at him, got big hands. Um, yeah, I think he's going to be the number one wide receiver off the board. Uh, Kayshawn Booty, just dynamic, the next big, great wide receiver to come out of LSU. Garrett Wilson, um, 
got that lanky frame that NFL teams are kind of going towards. Um, great player for Ohio State. And this is something that recently happened, but I have to do it. It's due diligence is I moved Chris Olave to my number four because there's no looking past the numbers he's been putting up the past few years. And I think he's going to be a great, great NFL wide receiver. And I think Garrett Wilson and Chris Olavier, both of those guys are going to be day one, day two guys. So I think he's somebody that is just going to keep dominating and showing what he's really made of. And then number five, RIP to George Pickens, but I still think he has the skill set after the torn ACL to come back. I'm not sure if he's going to go to the draft after he recruits from this uh, injury or if he's going to come back to Georgia for another year. Um, but I think he was a great wide receiver last year, and it'll be interesting to see what he does and if he can bounce back from that torn ACL. Yeah, so uh, mine are pretty similar. I've got Burks at number one, Butte at number two. Three, I've got David Bell. Uh, I think he's a great yak monster. Like after the catch, he's going to get a lot of yards. So I've got him at three. Um, at four, I've got Garrett Wilson. And then at five, um, a lot of people, I, I guess people are just going to hate me. Um, I've got Drake London there. Um, I love the talent. I love the size. He's just, to me, I think he's going to be a top five uh, guy. Not I drafted, think he's earned it. He's been, playing, he's been playing great. Um, and Keaton Slavis, yeah, Keaton Slavis hasn't been doing very well. So you know, like he's producing, he's doing his like what he can. So I like I like Drake London. Um, he's gonna be one of my guys. Uh, real quick before we go, what about your quarterbacks? We'll compare quarterbacks real quick. So top five quarterbacks for me just moved up. Bryce Young to number one. Dude's a stud, no way around it. Uh, Spencer Rattler, uh, number two. He has been having some problems, so. I don't know. He's got the athleticism to be a great, great quarterback in the NFL. Uh, somebody that just moved up into my top five and to the number three slot is Matt Corral. I think he's going to be great in the NFL. Uh, has looked great, throws great, runs great. So, yeah. Um, DJ has actually moved from, I think he was my number two or number one to the number four spot. Uh, still think he's got some uh, some room to make up, uh, some improvements to make. And then Carson Strong is my number five. I think he's a great passer. Um, I've been seeing a lot of people make jokes that like they just put his rushing stats up. Like he went like one one rushing attempt for like zero yards or something. Said he had an awful game, but I think he threw for four, like four touchdowns last week. So I think that kid is going to be a great uh, arm talent for somebody to sit in the pocket and uh, win some games in the NFL. Yeah, so I, I agree. Uh, my mine are a little a little bit different. Uh, number one, I've got Spencer Rattler. Uh, I still believe in the talent. Um, everything he's got at Oklahoma, like, yeah, he makes mistakes, but I think he's got that gunslinger mentality. Like, he's going to throw the ball, and he's going to, you know, he's going to trust his arm, and if it happens to make a mistake, like, it, it happens. That's It happens to the best of us. Well, best of them. I'm not any good. I'd probably make a lot more mistakes <laughs> than he would. Um, yeah, I've seen you throw the football. So. Oh, come on, dude. Hey, I won an intramural championship as quarterback, so. <laughs> what happened to your knee? Let's not talk about her. I, I was trying to be a husband. <laughs> so, so, Rattler at number That's one. What my ACL does who are wondering, all right? Okay. In a flag football game, non contact. <laughs> we were like, or an ACL. We were like, so, what, 20, 22, 23, like still out there I, with like yeah, the playing flag football. Okay. Young kids let's, that are one year removed from high school football. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> I've got Bryce Young at number two. Uh, like you said, great talent. He's surrounded by. Great coaching, great great talent around him. Like he's just, yeah. Then at number three, I've got DJ. Um, I still believe in his physical and his like physical talent, so I've got him up there. Um, then I've got Desmond Ritter. Um, like to me, if he's got a, a Cincinnati team in the top ten, like, what, I mean, what else has he got to prove? Like he's he's throwing the ball, he's making good decisions. Like he's still he's got the the arm talent. I think he's not very mobile. As a quarterback, but you know, sometimes you no, don't that's have. That's interesting. Yeah. And then uh, I've got Carson Strong at number five. Uh, I did have Keaton Slavis, but he's been moving down steadily, um, just from the past couple of games, especially last week against uh, Stanford. But uh, I think Carson Strong's got the the arm talent too to be, you know, a good quarterback, and he's got people um, talking about being like a possible round one quarterback this year. The quarterbacks this year, like they're just. 
the 2022, they're not, there's not a no, big, gap. especially like Sam, I guess Sam Howell would probably be one of my followers too. Cause, um, dude hasn't been playing great. Um, he doesn't have the, have a good game him. this week though. He did have a good game this week. Yeah. A really, so, really but good that game. first week just didn't look good. I guess he's maybe getting accustomed to, you know, some of the play around him. Um, so he'll be one that's very because I still think he's going to be one of the top quarterbacks, and I honestly forgot about him when I was writing up rankings before this. Um, but I, he's he's probably right there, French number five, also with like Jaden Daniels, I think, who's super dynamic. Um, he's like a mini mini Lamar, maybe has a better arm than Lamar. I don't know, but the uh, kid seems to be super accurate with the ball, but also is very hard to tackle out in open field. So he'll be somebody to watch out for. He's very, very slippery. I'll say that. Um, yeah, that kind of concludes everything that we want to talk football. I did want to, I did want to have a little fun here at the end. Okay. And I know we usually text each other these kind of talks and stuff, but I figure we could kind of talk about them on the podcast. Um, it's kind of like a would you rather type of deal. And if you made it okay. this far, you can kind of leave in the comments kind of what you would do. But I think the most um, interesting one that people talk about is if I locked you in a cage with a baseball bat, I got to kind of give you a chance. Would you rather take on a full-grown silverback gorilla or a big, fully-grown grizzly bear? And you're in like a UFC cage. You can't get out, and you got a baseball bat. Which which one are you taking? It's tough, Dude, right? That's a tough you, you one. You got to like, think like the gorilla doesn't have any claws and stuff like the grizzly bear has. But they're both so strong. Like I don't. I'd like, probably, but you have to you have to pick one. What would you want to get in there with? I don't know. For me, the gorilla, like it. I don't know how big a gorilla is, but uh, like you never been to the zoo. No, I've been to a zoo, but like comparing it to a a grizzly bear, like are they bigger than a grizzly bear? Mm, I don't know. What do you like? They're probably pretty close. I mean, I think the grizzly bear probably has it like by weight, but I don't know. I don't, dude. That's the thing is with these questions, we also get super in depth and like really think super hard about it. We're not very impulsive about (laughs) answering them because we put ourselves in the situation. I'd I'd probably go with the gorilla, honestly. Take on the gorilla. I think I'd take on a gorilla because aren't you? Isn't it like a thing that if you're if you're chased by a black bear that you you have to like make yourself bigger and like pretend like you're bigger than them and scare them off. But like a gorilla, you're supposed to like, thing, but I don't think anybody does that dead. because they're scared and running. Well, I don't know, but like if you're if you're facing if you have a gorilla uh, if you encounter a grizzly bear in the wild, like you're supposed to play dead. And the last thing I want to do is grab a bat and like run at it, you know? Like that, right. if they say like, "Hey, pretend like you're dead," like that that's what I'm going to do. I don't know. I think I'm going to go with the, I'm going to go with the gorilla, and you're I'm just going gonna with the gorilla silverback. You're taking on a full silverback gorilla. Yeah, I'm, have I'm, you ever seen them fight in the zoo cages? I have, I have. It like, is nuts, and people are dude, like, "Get the zookeeper!" Like, what do you want that guy to do? Like, <laughs> dude, he's just I, standing there watching. Like, dang, dude, they're going yeah, at it. You're like, oh. So, I've been thinking about this because we talked about doing the podcast, and I didn't. Yeah, you kind of like sprung it on me, so you had time. No, but... I, t- I kind of warned you that I was going to do it. I didn't tell you what animals I was going to include, but uh, you know, I think, I think I'm going to take on the the grizzly bear. I know that like Khabib used to fight bears back in the day. Um, you know, the great UFC fighter. There's a bunch of stories about Russians fighting bears. So I feel like if a Russian could do it, then I could do it with a baseball bat. I don't think there's any chance of winning in any of our cases. No, neither of them you're winning. Like, it, I don't know. Because I think if a bear even stands up on its hind legs, I probably wouldn't be able to hit it in the face, which is probably what would need to happen. <laughs> Take so, those body shots, dude. Yeah, but you're going to be taking like body shots from like a Hulk fist. I think I think like with my wingspan and the bat, like I can extend out and like you know. Do you know how long a silverback gorilla's arms dude, are? I don't know. Like I'm just they climb trees for a living. Their forearms are they're as big as your. You body. put me in a ring with my adrenaline going. I'm swinging as hard as I can, and dude, I'm I've not seen you that... swing a baseball bat, and it's not that impressive. <laughs> all right, dude. Now, now we're taking personal shots again. You talked about my ACL, all right? My weak knees. You brought it up. You brought it up, not me. What do you, which one do you think would win in a fight? Probably the grizzly or the gorilla. I think I think I'd take the gorilla in that fight, honestly. I'm still fighting a gorilla in the ring with a bat. Just the way they move and like 
I don't know. But then if you get them in like a cage when the grizzly bear doesn't have to run, even though grizzly bears are like super fast, like when they can get up and run, you know, the grizzly bear's got some like claws and like, you know, you take one swap of them, you're like, oof, I don't want that again. So I don't know. I just figured that'd be kind of fun to end on because it's, it's a we fun one. Talk about um, this. We'll see what everyone else thinks because that's that's a tough one. That yeah, if y'all made it this far, I mean, we've been talking for over an hour now, but if y'all made it this far, just I think I don't even care about football. Just let us know about the whole grizzly bear and uh, yeah, no, don't don't talk about our takes like our football takes. Like, tell us about the grizzly bear and gorilla. Like, I'm 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 curious at this one. Yeah, I'm super super curious to see what other people think because I know I know this is a big discussion for a lot of people and especially us because we usually send each other like animals attacking stuff and uh people actually say that they have a chance and yeah we're like next week next week we'll talk about like what animal um we want to like fight like what's the biggest animal that we think we could take on? yeah we have talked about that about what yeah we can talk about that next week but yeah man this is fun i feel like this is a a great first one to get out there i hate the texas had to kind of ruin this podcast for us because they play really looking forward to to talking about this week but oh well they play Rice next week, so maybe they'll they'll win, and we can say like, "Hey, they beat." They're back, we're, right? We're back. We're back. Well, All Christian, right, it's been fun, man. It, uh, it's been a good you one. Taking the time out of your day, talking. Yeah, uh, man. We'll we'll talk next yeah. week. Yeah, appreciate it. Hey guys, thanks for watching. If you made it this far, and uh, we'll see you next week.